Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast, Baseball Family. This week, we have some managers getting fired, some arbitration numbers, and we're going to check in on the playoffs. Cue the baseline, Brig. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome again to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast, Baseball Family. As always, I am Brad and I'm joined by my compatriot, Brig. What's shaking? What's shaking? A lot of it. Just what is it? It's shaking. You know, <laughs> it's going down. For real. But anyways. Yeah. It is. Here we go. So we have a lot going on right now, Brig. Like I think at first we were kind of like scrambling to find some current events and things like that. But then as we did some digging, some exploring, we found a lot, a whole lot going on. Yep. So let's get into it. Let's start with this. First, we have some managers who have been fired. It took all but maybe 36 hours for it to happen in some cases. We got Jace Tingler with the San Diego Padres is out. Luis Rojas with the New York Mets is out. And to be honest, like, let's start with these two first. Like, to me, Tingler feels more like a scapegoat than anything. Is, the Patsy? I, yeah, because yeah. there are some bigger issues there. And I, and I don't know if management was like, you had all this talent in the clubhouse, you couldn't manage it. Let's bring in somebody who can. Maybe. I doubt it. I doubt it, too, is the thing, is that. I don't know. I don't know because there are certain guys who are really good at managing personalities, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they – like that. that's the first thing that comes to mind with me, you know, is that maybe they felt like Tingler couldn't manage those personalities and they and that's their excuse is that that's your issue, you know, because he's been fine, right? Yeah, better he's than been fine. fine. So, I know. Well, it's my be... issue – my question about that is like – First of all, who do they go get instead? It can't be Luis Rojas. Because <laughs> he obviously cannot manage a clubhouse like that. <laughs> can't do that. So who are you going to go get? Buck Showalter? I mean, now we're back to old school baseball guys uh, times three if we do that. So Bobby that Valentine? Be, yeah, maybe Bobby Valentine <laughs> again. <laughs> now we're scraping real low. But this is – to me – yeah, I I feel like there's got to be more there, and this was the excuse, but I wonder if it's more than just on-field stuff, clubhouse dynamics. I wonder if there's maybe a, something going on in the front office and he's got a beef with management, like company management or something. Right, yeah. I don't know. It just it feels – it felt like it happened too quickly, and it felt like it happened mm-hmm. almost inexplicably. And I just To me, it's enough indication that something – more something bigger is happening i don't think it has anything to do with the team well and and this is the thing too is i don't know how much tingler was able was like allowed to like argue for his job but it's like he missed he missed out on um on tatis for what like a quarter of the season almost yeah that's a big deal yeah and they still got him all the way to the playoffs just about yeah yeah so i I don't know it's contingent forever it's yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who they bring in. I think I think that's something that uh, that will be one of the more interesting storylines. You know, yep. obviously, like, I guess it's a sub storyline because you got the overarching CBA and everything. You know, but anyway. Yeah, don't don't talk, don't worry. The <laughs> we'll get there. Still. <laughs> <laughs> but Luis Rojas, like that one to me is just like it. It's just like so Mets, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get one year, you're done. Get out of yep. here. Yeah. But my my very first thought when uh, when I saw that he was getting fired was, I, is Jessica Mendoza's name going to come up again? I hope so. I hope so. I'm, I, felt like, I felt like Rojas was the wrong guy from the beginning. I didn't 
there was nothing about him that I was like, yeah, yeah, go get them, Mets. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they were buying time. They were buying time for sure. But I think to so. what end, we don't know still. But yeah, something yeah. about it. And maybe yeah. it was a let's see if um, that new ownership group comes through and, you know, let's let's float the just keep the thing floating for a year until um, A-Rod and all them buy the team. But then they didn't. And now those two aren't a couple anymore. So <laughs> I don't know what happened with his nice guy campaign, but it, it fell all the way apart. Oh, and it fell. It crashed and burned in the last week, too, because yeah. people were killing him absolutely killing him during the fox broadcast of what was it the uh the alds or no it was the espn broadcast of the alds or the uh, american like wildcard game was and it we didn't I hear it because we had it muted you know yeah i don't i didn't hear about that <laughs> no I, I guess he he was uh so he was using like his using cliches you know to like he does to break down the game and people were like dude you're an idiot it's like well no it's what he's saying actually does make sense because there was one that comes to mind immediately was I can't remember who it was, but somebody just had a hard hit ball up the middle and a rod goes, that's just playing baseball right there. There's no, well, he said, there's no launch angle. There's no exit velocity. That's just a hard hit baseball. And somebody goes, actually, you're all, that had a two degree launch angle. And it's like, that's not what he's talking about. Oh, he's talking man. about just swinging the bat and hitting the ball hard. He's not yeah. talking about like, like people are so dumb. And I don't know, like, a lot, all the stuff that I saw, I was like, it makes sense. I understand what he's saying. But I can also understand why people are, like, bugged by it. Because, A, they hate A-Rod. And, B, if he's using cliches on the broadcast, people are going to destroy him anyway. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's all true. So, I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway. But I think the most surprising thing out of all these managers, break is that Brett Boone still has a job. I mean, his contract's up. And the Yankees had not come out and said that they're not. You mean Aaron Boone? I meant Aaron Boone. You're right. I don't know why I said Brett Boone. You're yeah. right. You probably got a head on the notes. Thing going on. But then he said, so does Aaron Boone. <laughs> 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 and then I highlighted it for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for not. How you... Thanks for not just like fixing it. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, maybe Brett Boone. I don't know. No, Brett Boone. Does he as far still as have I a know, job? Does not have a job, as far as I know. I, I don't know what Brett so. Boone is doing these days. No, he's in the broadcast booth, right? Maybe somewhere, sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. Either anyway, Aaron Boone still has a job. Correct. That is the surprising thing to me. Not so much me Brett too. Boone as it is Aaron Boone. But uh, his contract's up. He said that the he and the Yankees haven't had any conversations yet. I don't know. Don't but, ask me. Well, I was going to say, you're more dialed into Yankees news than I am. And we have no idea what's going on. That's true. Because it sounds like Aaron Boone has no idea what's going on either. He doesn't either. <laughs> Cashman might not have any idea what's going on either. He's organizing his baseball cards. Yeah, Trying to he figure is. out what he's going to do in arbitration before he makes <laughs> any deal with Boone. Well, that makes sense. And, and actually, I wonder about that because, and we'll get to arbitration in a minute, but there's... Uh, this is gonna it's gonna set a tone, right? Either you uh -huh. have to decide strategically with your team's culture. Do you, uh, all assumptively? I don't know, but I would assume that based on the team's culture and how the dynamic was so delicate there toward the end, that you would have mm. a lot of a lot of personalities to manage and a lot of the way ahead. You want to set that tone for the playoff for the off season, especially with the CBA coming up. See, there it goes again. And mm -hmm. the uh, coming into next year, which you know is going to be full of potential changes because basically every impact player on the roster, I mean, they have 19 guys up for arbitration. So you got to decide, are you going to, are you going to start doing arbitration now and then bring in the new manager and even just interview new managers under the pretense of like this, we know who we're going to bring back for you. This is what your team is going to look like. Or do you fire the guy and attempt to bring in a new manager first without being able to say, this is what your team is going to look like, uh, you know, in spring training. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know which well, is better. Oh, and we'll, I don't know. I'll say, I'll hold on to that thought. I'll save it when we get to arbitration. Let's move on real quick. Okay, okay. So we talked before about the Rays, right? Potentially splitting the season half in Tampa Bay or in St. Pete half in Montreal. Well, it's getting, the water is getting muddier as the moments pass. 
because the Rays president, uh, Brian Ald, has said it's next to impossible that full season baseball can succeed in Tampa Bay today. Now, hearing this, um, to me, it's like, oh, wow, like they're ready to go. Like, like we talked about before, their lease is up in 2027. They're going to peace out and they're going to be in Nashville next or Montreal before we know what happened. Right. Yeah. Right. But I have a friend who live, who's from the area, follows Tampa Bay sports really closely. He's a huge, he's a, he's a big race fan, a huge bucks fan, a lightning fan, the works, you know? So the thing that he said is that it's all just posturing that like even the Montreal thing that the Rays are trying to get out of St. Petersburg, trying to get out of Tropicana field and trying to get help building a stadium across the Bay and actually in Tampa, like where the bucks play, where the lightning play all that because traffic getting to St. Petersburg. I mean, I've only ridden a bus over there one time and I was 15 and I had no clue, you know, I don't know what it's like, but from what I understand, it's miserable. Yeah. I hear that. That bridge, I guess, is rough. Yeah. And, I mean, this is to the tune that to game one in the ALDS this season, this postseason, the Rays drew 27,000 fans, and the Trop has a capacity of 42,000. Like, that's that's brutal. That's rough. That is so bad. Barely half. And then average attendance this season was 9,000 per game. But you have to take into account... Like, what were their social... I Actually, no, I don't think they had any social distancing standards in Florida this year, did they? Mm-mm. They were full capacity. But, I yeah. mean, in uh, in uh, in St. Petersburg and Miami, that's pretty typical, <laughs> right? Right, right. The social Until the Yankees standards. come into play. Exactly. And that's yeah. part of the problem they have down there anyway, they've always had down there, is yep. that people who live in that area are not going to be Tampa Bay fans. They're not going to be race fans. They're Yankee Typically fans. Not. Because mm-hmm. they're all, they've all migrated. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's the problem they've run into. That's the problem they're going to continue to run to run into, even if they move across the Bay to Tampa. That's what I think. So, so if it's posturing, yeah. why not move them all the way back up to Montreal? Yeah. And give that, that might be the best place for them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know all the ins and outs, but it it sure seems like it makes sense on paper. At least right here when we're talking, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. want? Do you want to argue with us? Come on the show, or at least uh, drop something in the mailbag. There you go, and then come there on the go. show. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> so before we get too much farther, uh, so I texted Brig the other day and I said, uh, "Brig, I have a conspiracy theory that I want to present to you. I don't have my tinfoil hat to put on, but uh, dang it. But anyway, so he I, made I, me I, wait." He made me wait this long. If you knew the he, things that he made me wait for, you wouldn't feel so bad about this. But anyway, so. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so. That's true. And I know more things you don't know. So. Oh, geez. Okay. So. <laughs> so I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, man, you know, like we didn't get any of that chaos baseball that we that we wanted at the end of the season. You know, like the potential three-way, four-way tie, things like that. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, man, that was like, that would have been like really cool. And not just because like, I just cheer for chaos in sports because it's more fun, right? Like oh, it was, sure. it would have been awesome, you know, having the Mariners in that four way tie, but at the same time, they probably would have lost any of those teams in a one game playoff. And anyway, so I was like, you know, it really got resolved pretty simply. And the only reason that I could think of is that major league baseball said, we cannot have a four way tie. The Yankees and the Red Sox need to win to just resolve this really easily simply because Rob Manfred um, will not be able to figure out what happened. We, he doesn't understand it. We can't explain it to him. There's no way we can explain it to him that he'll ever understand a three-way or a four-way tie, how it works. So we just need to – the Yankees and the Red Sox just need to win. <laughs> just get it over with. That's my conspiracy theory, Brig. Do you think it holds water? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see Joe Torrey pulling Ken Griffey Jr. aside and going, all right, look, what are we going to do? And Ken Griffey Jr. goes, well, I'm just going to throw this out there. <laughs> yeah. We I just, don't know. We just got to simplify it. Sort yeah. itself out really easily. Well, who, who'd they pay <laughs> off then? 
<laughs> well, didn't they have Angel Hernandez in one of those games? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, think they I did. didn't even think about that. Maybe there's more to his incompetence. Maybe he's uh Maybe he's the the company man. <laughs> he might be. Oh man! <laughs> There's oh, a reason he hasn't what, been fired yet. What, right? What do we what do I call that? The wise fool. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> exactly the what wise fool who's there to to advance the plot of the story, just in just <laughs> as a plot device. <laughs> I think that's what no, he's there explain for. Explain it to me. <laughs> anyway. All right, so oh Brig has – okay, let's move uh, on to Eduardo man. Rodriguez. Why don't you tell us about Erod here, Brig? Erod, e- okay, for those of you that don't know, apparently his name is Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez. <laughs> he pitches in the mash, and uh, he was in a pitching duel, an at-bat duel for 17 pitches against Austin Meadows in this ALDS. And I think it was, was it today? I think it was today, game four, right? So he gets in a, a battle at, at the plate with Austin Meadows. And here's how it went. 17 pitches. Meadows fouled off the first three pitches, took three balls, and then fouled off another 10 in a row. And the final pitch was a swinging strike. 81.7 mile per hour slider. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind in and of itself, you should know that that sets a record for the longest postseason at bat ever. That stretches back to 1988 when they first started tracking this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only so, reason it doesn't go back farther than that. Is I was going to say, have data. it's the longest pitch ever in 33 years. That's right. That's right. Well, the previous Which, record was 16 pitches at Yankees Red Sox in 2004. So, yeah, and, and I feel like that only makes sense. It's like those those two teams will play for four hours without even batting an eye. And I don't I don't yeah. know what it is, but I don't know. It seems like every at bat lasts 10 to 12 pitches with those guys. But anyway, it has a lot to do with Brett Gardner. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. That dude, it does. Let dude foul him off better than anybody I've ever seen. I know. But anyway, so I th- I thought that was really interesting, though. I thought that was yeah. a really interesting yeah. statistic. Uh, like I said, 33 years, that's actually a pretty good sample size, right? It's pretty good. When you think about yeah. it. Um, and I'm curious if there was, like, in, like, 1905, if there was some right. World Series at bat that went, like, 30 pitches just because they were crazy back then. But, yeah, it's possible. But, yeah, 17 pitches, that's a long event. I- I'm I'd like to see the actual like time on that because I remember in uh, I want to say it was like '96 I was watching Sports Center and there was a Mets player I think you had like a 22 minute at bat. Wow! And what they did on Sports Center was they had somebody they're like things that a Mets fan can do in a shorter amount of time than it took for this at bat <laughs> and like he would go in like he would come out and like he'd be like oil changed 17 minutes and he'd be like grocery store 10 minutes. <laughs> and he'd go through a bunch of stuff that he was, like, doing throughout his day. And then he sits down to watch this game. This at-bat's going. And he's just like, oh, my gosh, I did all those things today in, like, in less time than this guy's standing at the plate. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so I'm curious fantastic. what the actual time was on that at-bat because that could be 20 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. So See if I can figure that out. That's okay. pretty cool. So we have, uh, we have arbitration coming up. It is that time of year. Um, yep. now for those of you who don't know about arbitration, we actually did an entire segment on it uh, about a year or so ago. Um, yep. I will actually link that video into the description on YouTube and also on wherever you get your podcast in the description of the episode. So you can go back and then you can watch that if you need more of a rundown of, or an understanding of what arbitration actually is. But basically what it comes down to real quick is that the team will either make an offer to a player or not if they decide not to make an offer then the player's what's called non-tendered and then is released they cut bait with the player if they decide that they're not worth what uh the player will end up coming back with either as a counter offer or what they'll get in arbitration um so that's going to happen i think there are quite a few guys who that's going to happen with um and before we get too deep into it though brick like i'm curious if what happens if all these teams go through and they do arb- and they go through and do all their arbitration stuff, and then they come back with the CBA. They have like some agreement in like January 
and it's gone. That is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do with those contracts? Well, well, well and then the question is, if they arbitrate or avoid, rather, if they avoid arbitration and uh-huh. accept these deals and they ink them prior to the institution of the new CBA, then are they grandfathered in? Will the will the terms of the new CBA and this is what I think is actually going to happen? I think I'm hoping this is what happens. I'm hoping that they say during the CBA meeting, okay, we are going to continue the 2022 season under the terms of the old CBA. Any decision we make here will be in effect 2023. That's that's what I hope happens. I don't think they're thinking clearly enough for that. I think there's too much bitterness and too much angst. But if they're able to set that standard, which makes a lot of sense to me, then these will definitely be grandfathered in. And it, it, it just it gives everybody lots of time to negotiate the new changes. That's all I'm saying. Yes. And that is something that's probably going to have to happen anyway, because um, I mean, if there were to be a salary cap and a salary floor put into place, like there are some teams that are going to have to make some moves and the moves they are going to have to make are far larger than what they can make prior to i mean even like i said if the if the deal is reached in january before spring training starts in march no or way. february there's no way they're going to be able to make move that money like if the angels running are running into massive trouble with the trout deal with the rendon deal plus trying to field a team with a salary cap like they would be in big trouble they would really yep. be in big trouble. So I think they're going to get a if there is a uh, if there is a salary cap, teams are going to have a year to go through and and sort that out. And one thing the NBA did, so they had um, they had a massive problem with the NBA. Yeah. You know, like it was looking like we were going to have basketball for like two years. Yeah, um, they got things sorted out. But one of the things that they agreed on was that the teams could amnesty one contract a year oh. over the next three years. I believe is what it oh, was. Oh, a three-year grace period. Wow. Yeah. So what it was was it was it was because teams had overpaid for guys because that was the market value. That's what was being demanded, and yep. uh, and they're like, but this guy definitely isn't worth the money. But we had to fill the team. We had to get a name on the team, you know, so we could compete. Um, so they were able to go through and they were able to able to amnesty those contracts. And I'm I don't know that major league that the players association would go for that, especially if that is part of getting a salary cap in place. But I wonder if they'll figure out some way to like defer money, not have a can so that it doesn't count against the cap. Um, because yeah. I don't, I don't know if the NHL still does it, but for a long time it was uh, the way their salary cap was set up was the average number of dollars spent over the course of the contract. So I remember right. there was there was one player who was signed to a thirty million dollar deal, but it was over thirty years. So he's only a one million dollar cap hit every year. Right. Right. And then, then of course the NHL said no, it doesn't work that way. But anyway, but things like that, you know. And Good. I'm curious if that's something that they're going to do uh, with Major League Baseball so that they can kind of backload contracts a little bit more. But I don't know. They're going to have to be gracious in some way. Yes. They're going to have to. It's going to be rough. So let's go through some of these names that you might know. Mm-hmm. But you might not know we're coming up for arbitration. A couple of teams with 19 players up for arbitration to include the Tampa Bay Rays, which are so locked in 5-5 five to five combat with Boston in the bottom of the ninth right now. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> it is. It's oh, it exciting. just got walked off. Oh, oh no. Literally, as I said oh, it, no. the Red Sox walked it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that you are interested in watching that. It's <laughs> um, very good. It's very good. It's <laughs> very nice. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. What <laughs> happened? Kike Hernandez. Of course know. he did. Was it Kike? Holy. Yeah, it was Kike. I just saw a text. I just had a text come in from Denise. My, uh, my score hasn't updated yet. There it is. Let's see what the scoring yeah. play was. Uh, out on a sacrifice fly to left center field, Austin to Austin Meadows. Danny Santana scores. Just tag up and go. Yep. Nice. Yep. Kike Hernandez has been on a tear. He's gotten it. Oh, he, he's just so good. He's, I mean, he is, I don't want to call him Mr. October, but he's been really good in the playoffs the last He's just years. really good. Yeah. Okay, another playoff update. We're in the bottom of the third in uh, LA. LA. 
L.A. In L.A. It's a tie to zero. Okay, uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. We're going to touch on the playoffs more momentarily. However, Matt Chapman, okay, Matt Olson, both in Oakland, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, Dansby Swanson, Josh Hader. We just pulled random names that we thought everybody would, would be. We, we thought the whole market would be interested in knowing if these names came up. And not all mm-hmm. of them, but just and a if, sampling. And if they hit the market. Would be right, and that's the question, right? So if the if the team makes an offer and they refuse the offer, and the team refuses whatever counter offer or whatever might happen, it's all mm-hmm. negotiation. And oftentimes we know that arbitration can be super ugly and major major damage to relationships between players and owners. The association gets involved, and it's rough. It can be really rough. Derek Jeter almost left the Yankees because of arbitration problems. Yeah, it's in that book right that. there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a big deal. Okay, so let's go back. Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, Dansby Swanson, Josh Hader, Wilson Contreras, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger, Shane Bieber, Mitch Haniger, Drew Steckenrider, which is the coolest name ever. I love that name. J.P. Crawford, Polar Bear Pete Alonzo, Josh Bell, Juan Soto, Edwin Diaz, Trey Mancini, Adam Frazier, Adubel Herrera, Reese Hoskins, Ryan Yarbrough, Yandy Diaz, Austin Meadows, Brett Phillips, Tyler Glasnow, Kevin Plawicki, can't ever say his name right, Hunter Renfro, <laughs> Alex Verdugo, Rafael Devers and his Cabbage Patch Cheeks, Andrew Benintendi, Byron Buxton, Lucas Giolito, Joey Gallo, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, and more. A lot of big names. <sighs> those are some big names. Um, I think, honestly, I think most of those guys are going to reach a deal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Byron Buxton hit the market. Um, yeah. Let's see who else. Joey Gallo is probably going to hit the market because that's a big number, 10.2. Um, I don't know that the Yankees necessarily want to keep him around. Nope. Um, that's a lot well, of strikeouts. A lot of strikeouts. Trey Turner, Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger are projected to be offered 19.8 and 16.1 respectively by the Dodgers. Those are huge numbers. Trey Turner is worth every penny. Every single day. Every day of the week. Yes. Every day. And a doubleheader on Sunday. Uh, you got it. Cody Bellinger, I don't know. He had a rough year this year. Yeah, he did. And I, so he's projected a 16.1. If I'm the Dodgers, I'm going down around 12. And if I'm Cody Bellinger, I'm taking it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Right <laughs> to your dealer. You're, you're staying with a winner. I mean, there's that. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you had a terrible year this year, so you're obviously not going to be getting top dollar like what he would have gotten a few years ago when he's MVP. So yep. I think that I think the Dodgers have grounds to to cut him down a little bit on that. I agree. But, now, we're throwing out these numbers baseball family because we did a little research piggybacking on the back of MLB trade rumors and we've we can put a link in there as well. We always appreciate the work they do over at MLB Trade Rumors, but they've got a, a formula that they use uh, I think let me look. It was developed in uh, they they mentioned at the top. Matt Schwartz created the model to project salaries for arbitration eligible players. They've been using it and publishing it in MLB Trade Rumors for 11 years. So uh, just to give them a whole bunch of credit for doing the math and uh, and having a great reference point for all of us here. But that's where these numbers come from. This is the number that we expect, right? We as the fans expect um, the teams to offer these players. We don't know what the offers will actually be, uh, nor what will you know people will accept. But So is it to safe, to sw- safe to say that they use the Schwartz to get these numbers? How could they not? <laughs> Let us know. If wow. You have reference. Anyway, so real quick though, so Mitch Haniger <laughs> for the Mariners is up. His number is eight point five, and quite honestly, if I'm the Mariners, like this is just me speaking as a fan. After what I saw from Mitch Haniger this year, after taking twenty twenty off and missing half of twenty nineteen, and him putting up the numbers he did this year, if I'm the Mariners, I'm giving him whatever number he asks for because he's earned it. <laughs> And he deserves yeah. it. He needs to stick around so he can lead that team to World Series. Like, that's yeah. what I'm doing if I'm the Mariners. Like, if he comes back and says, I want $30 million a year, say, okay, that's fine. Take it for the next two, three years, whatever. We'll do right. it. Give him yeah, all the money. Because 23, 24 is what you're saying, right? 23. 
2023 Mariners yeah. World Series champion. You're saying, but you didn't you say by 2024 it'll happen? Yeah. Yeah. 2023 Amazing. is the year, though. That's the year. I'm calling my shot break. Yeah, you did. You okay. and the babe. I got the babe here. <laughs> the babe calling Funko. a shot. <laughs> the, it's the Sultan of SWAT. The Sultan of SWAT. The Colossus of Cloud. The Colossus of Cloud. That All right, with that, deer? Okay. let's go take a break, Brig. We'll come back and talk more about the playoffs. Sounds good. <laughs> no matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast cheer from the cheap seats and much more shop the big city series only at nineplusus.com you know what brig what's that brad i'm just not much of a coffee drinker boy i knew that you're still stuck in your yummy phase yeah that's true (laughs) so what what exactly do you do to get it going in the morning i know i know it is not a good night's sleep you're right it's not instead i drink rays I tried a ton of different energy drinks over the last few years to help me get up in the morning, and it is by far the best tasting. It's mildly flavored, yet still flavorful. There's no crash, so I actually feel like I can finish the workday when it wears off around 2.30. Visit repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P sports.com, and use code BTPOD at checkout to support the Baseball Together podcast and to get 15% off your sampler pack, variety pack, or custom order of Ray's Energy. The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports, from current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Nonther Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. Brad and I want to give you updates on the playoffs. We're very excited about it because the playoffs are awesome. And as you know, when you go through the playoffs successfully, you end up with the World Series. (laughs) And you have to say it like that. So I I just have to say it like that. We're very excited to be here uh, on the road to the World Series. And it's really exciting to impersonate John Candy from the best baseball documentary ever. I watched it the other day. Cannot get enough of it. It always makes me happy. Okay. Now, let's go through each series, Um, starting with the National League. Okay? Let's start with the National League. Brad, my question to you first is, do you... Is there a way you designate which division series you're in? Like, when you're taking a note or when you're thinking about it in your head... Do you have like the good one or the bad one or one and two or east and west or is there a is there a way you do it in your head? Like as far as like differentiating like who's playing in each series and where it's at? Yep. Yeah. Uh I probably should. It'd probably be easier than just being like these two teams are playing and this is where it's at. You know? Hmm. But also mm-hmm. like I will say this is that I check um so I use the score app. That's the one I use for yeah. news, scores, everything like uh if I can if I can't watch a game, that's how I follow games live with like the game tracker. I check it incessantly throughout the day. Like all the time. Yeah. It's one of those things where if I open my phone and I can't remember off within like a half a second why I opened my phone, that's where I go. <laughs> just like i don't know it must and while score. i think about what i was even doing with my phone i check scores i checked what time games start i check series i i flip through the news there are times break well i won't where i will open that app and the news has not updated for four hours since the last time i checked it 15 times <laughs> and you're like nothing is going on in the world of sports right now jeez but mm-hmm. no um and, you know, usually there's, like, some kind of oddity that will happen in a series that is, like, yeah. an identifier, right? Like, we're going to yeah. get to some of, the, some of those in a minute. But, like, you can, like, put something in your brain that's, like, okay, this is, like, the ground rule double series, right? You know, yeah. things like that. Um, but, like you said, I mean, is is there anything that, in particular that you do to keep these keep the series straight? I just say, I, I literally just say one and two, right? Oh, really? 
Yeah, it, when I take notes or when I'm, you know, thinking about it or whatever, I just say one and two. And you know what? Now that I think about it, sometimes I associate colors. Oh yeah, which is because I feel like the the division series is always there's always somehow that the colors will line up in some way. Like right now, you've got the Giants and the Dodgers, and like I think of those as like old school colors. I don't know why. Interesting. Just yeah. that's what I associate with, and then like Milwaukee and Atlanta are a little bit brighter. I don't know. Like I kind of like I more visualize them than like have like a like a trigger word. Um, mm. But yeah, that's that's really how I have been keeping the National League series apart. But then like the American League has been like the weirdness, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. None of those fit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, I just thought I'd ask you. So San Francisco and L.A., L.A., they're tied at one game apiece. It is the bottom of the fourth inning right now, scoreless, but there are no no-nos in play. Two hits, San Francisco, Los Angeles has a hit. So even though they're shutouts at this point, it's not a, there are no no-nos. Wouldn't that be cool to see a double no-no bid? I don't know. It might be, but that's I'd a lot of... I'd be on the edge of, of my seat. That's my thing is like that's a really fast game. You know, like that's my only issue with with the double no no is that like if you're at the game you're not really getting your money's worth out of it. You know, like I went to I think I've told this told the story before. I went to a Mariners and Yankees game in Seattle a few years ago. Actually, it was it was about 6 years ago because Wilson was about to turn 1 and the game was 2 hours and 5 minutes. The final score was 2 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. There's a two-run home run and um, and a single to drive in a runner from second for the Mariners. And we left. I was like, I like, I'm not even hungry from my pregame hot dog. You know? <laughs> we didn't even get to the fourth inning. Yeah. Like, I didn't get to get my garlic fries because I never felt hungry. I did get a deep fried uh, Rice Krispie Treat. That was fantastic. But yes, you did. Well, of course. If there's rest, you have I'm to. gonna get it. Yeah, but anyways, right. like, yeah, like I got that, and that was like it because I didn't have time to get anything else, you know, because it was so short. Like, if I wanted to yeah. have a two-hour game, like I could watch Little League. But anyway, no. So yeah, I, I feel like I, I don't get my money's worth on it. But mm. no, this series though, like I I wanted to go five. Me too, because in favor of the Giants. I'd like to see the Giants win. Yeah. Me too. Mostly what it is is I like to see champions lose. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, like once the Dodgers won, I was like, I don't care that it was a shortened season. You got your ring. Now get out. Let's get somebody else in there. That's fine. Um, right. I, I'll be honest. I am a little upset that the Rays lost because I was really pulling for them in the American League for that reason. Yep. Boston just won tonight. So for those of you mm-hmm. that didn't catch that or whatever, in case you missed it, Boston went up three games to one. And he's over. Tampa Bay. And that's the end. It's over. Yep. Really uh, sad. What about this Milwaukee and Atlanta series, Brig? Atlanta's up two to one. Is there anything yeah. here? Like, this felt like a coin toss to me to begin with. Because Atlanta's kind of been playing with house money. They're a yeah. good team, but they don't have Acuna. Yeah. Um right. How about this? I've got this question for you. Is this a team, like, if they make a nice deep run, if they go actually go to the World Series without Acuna, could we put them in the Ewing Theory category? Ooh. Uh, I don't know possible. if we talked about that on this podcast or not. Why don't you explain to everybody So, what the that Ewing is. Theory, it's a Bill Simmons thing, for those of you mm-hmm. who know Bill Simmons. Uh it's something he's been doing for probably 20 years or something like that. The Ewing theory is that a team is better without its best player. Um, yep. it, it came to light, in the, I believe, in the 90s when the Knicks made a nice long run without Patrick Ewing. And there, it's we've seen it throughout history in sports. Um, the Mariners won 116 games the next season after A-Rod left. Um, you know, that's one that comes off the top of my head immediately. No, um, no, really. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't recognize the amount of time that it took me to come up with that but anyways you don't know like i wonder if the, if the braves this year could be up for an ewing theory award or something like that or nomination i don't know what we would, how we would classify it but without acuna because i had him like dunzo without acuna to be honest with you right right well and if you'll recall of our playoff primer episode i had them going and beating milwaukee yes 
So I'm excited about the way this is turned. Turned, gone, maybe is more appropriate because going. This is what, this is what I saw happening, and I, yeah. and I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think they're going to take the next game, and it'll be done. But yeah. we'll see. Uh, I've been pulling for Milwaukee, I, and I think it's one of those things. Like I'd like to see somebody, like somebody like Milwaukee, win it who hasn't won yeah. it in a very long time, whatever, or yeah. ever. I don't know off the top of my head, but anyway. Um, no, I'd like to see Milwaukee win it, but I just I don't think they're going to beat the Braves, honestly. Nope, I don't think they're, gonna be they're able not. To. I had forgotten about the Ewing theory, though. That uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's pretty good. Pretty good there, Brad. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now, let's walk over to the Chicago White Sox versus Houston Astros. Most people are still not over the sign-stealing thing, and I know that comes down I, – I hear it a lot. A lot of Yankees fans are talking about – trading for a couple of particular players and which are playing for Houston. Oh, I'm sure and Correa is a guy that, that that's Yankees fans one of the want big ones them to go for one in bad. Yeah. Well, and the thing, the Yankees fans are split between, we don't want a cheater and we don't want a guy who cheated us out of it. But right. on top of that, everybody's like, are you an idiot? Right. And so there's this massive debate going on in Yankees fandom right now. It's interesting. That's the royal we, by the way. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he, I mean, he's top five shortstop in the game right now. Easy. Like you, yeah. you can't dispute that. And nope. especially when it comes to the postseason, he is so good that he's a guy that the Yankees have to have if they're gonna get if they're gonna get past the wild card game. You know, like. Yep. Like that's one thing Aaron Boone talked about how the American League has closed the gap between them and I, I guess that like basically the top tier of all the like the perennial playoff teams like the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Astros, and then there's like the Yankees down below that. But then the rest of the American League has closed that gap between them and the Yankees because yep. teams are getting better. Seattle's getting better. Um, the Twins took a massive step back this year, but the Blue Jays have gotten a whole lot better a whole lot better and, and the even eight, the little flare up in baltimore the end of the season was like what yes yeah because they've got some good things coming if they can keep them and, and they can continue to develop so yeah. if the yankees are going to take that next step and take a step away from the rest of the field correa is a guy who they've got to get they have yeah. to yeah but, i agree but anyway back to houston and chicago um, I want to know, Brad, who do you think is better? Do you think that it's Houston or is it Chicago or is it the rain? Well, I'll tell you this. The rain is undefeated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Never lost. <laughs> Never lost. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to have to well go with the there, rain Brad. on that one. Because <laughs> um, the rain won today. I mean, that's. It did. Yeah, that that's super a thing disappointing. That happened. It's very disappointing. I, um, yeah, you know, but, and you know but, what? Like, we hate cheating, so we cheer against the Astros. We hate as an as an American as a fan of an American League West fan. I hate the Astros because they just beat up on the division. But I would cheer for the Astros before I'd cheer for the rain in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Well said. Well <laughs> said, my friend. Talk about wanting a champion to lose. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hope the rain loses yes. one day? <laughs> Someday the rain will lose. Because the rain almost it usually won. does. Game seven of the 2016 World Series. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. The champion came yep. in and uh, and put it on the brink. But... That's right. <laughs> David Ross. So, anyway. Oh, man, I just can't get over how good that was. Okay, anyway, point of the story is Houston is up two games to one on the White Sox, and it's I think a lot of us are disappointed in Chicago, but um, not terribly unexpected turn of events because – Let's be honest. Houston's got a great ball club. I still honestly, Brig, I felt like Houston was the best team in the American League coming in. Um, yeah. They're more consistent than anybody else. Like, they kind of had a couple of skids here and there. But, honestly, the division was never out of control and the playoffs were never out of control. Yeah. You know, like, I don't – there are no holes in that lineup. 
Martin Maldonado is the catcher. Like he's like the weakest spot, but at the same yeah. time he manages to come through when it's when it matters. And yeah. there are enough guys in that lineup that they can bail him out. They can. So it and doesn't be matter. Okay. Yeah, if you've got eight, if you've got one weak spot out of nine, that's enough that you don't have to worry about anything. So if you're Boston and you're sitting at home, who are you hoping to face? I'd way rather face the White Sox. Me too. So yeah. much. So much. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, if I'm Boston, I'm pushing same, for a pushing Same for question a versus the rain. <laughs> what um, if the name of that rain was Ditka? <laughs> <laughs> There's no hope. There's no hope. It's Ditka. <laughs> If so, if the rain is Ditka and the drops fall down, are they raining down Chuck Norris roundhouse kicks? Oh man, <laughs> no, because Chuck Norris is thrusting the earth up <laughs> toward the rain, <laughs> toward the rain. That's why. Oh my goodness, <laughs> so many layers. Oh, yeah. But, but let's talk. Let's talk about this series a little bit, though, with Houston yeah, yeah, and Chicago. Yeah. So you, you you talked about the sign stealing thing, and Ryan Tapera with the White Sox. He's traded there from Chicago this year. Um, he says that Houston might be stealing signs again based on the discrepancy between their home and away record because right. Houston like put on a beating in Houston, and it looked like yeah. it was not even going to be close. And then they get to Chicago, and the White Sox come in and kind of put them in their place, right? And yeah. it made it look a little bit more like a series. I don't know how much of a series it's going to be because the Astros could come out tomorrow. At and, home. Oh, they, they're in Chicago for one more. Oh, are they in Chicago for one more? Yeah. Oh, because yeah, of yeah. the postponement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Houston come, could come out in Chicago and they could still put a beating down on especially with Tapera saying this. Yeah, right. And so I was curious. I was curious about this, like what things looked like for these two teams. Um, during the regular season, so the Astros went fifty-one and thirty at home, uh, forty-four and thirty-seven on the road. So I feel like that's a seven-game, seven-game difference. Differential, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's pretty normal for for a team at home and on the road. I feel like you'd well, expect what's the run differential though. You know what? I I was gonna figure that out, but I'd have to go through and add everything up manually. Yeah, and yeah. Break, I got stuff to do. Okay. <laughs> I don't have the well, I did time it for you. <laughs> you did it for me? No, but I did some manual addition, and that's what I want to talk about in just okay. a minute. But I did okay. some math. Can you believe okay. that? You should be excited. I'm, Brig, I'm so excited right now. Yeah. I'm so it's excited. It's not even good math. It's just, but I did math. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real quick, though, but like, if the White Sox want to talk about a, a disparity between home and road, like they were 53 and 28 at home and 40 and 41 on the road. Um, you're just not, you're not a good team away. Like you're not right. a good team on the road. So that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Yep. So, I mean, and, that's and the issue. trust me, I'm going to bash the Astros as much as I can. I hate their stinking guts. And I have for a long, long time, far before <laughs> the sign stealings ever started. Right. As far as we know, you know, it's whatever, but like here, white Sox have nothing, nothing yeah. at all. So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, Brig, show um, off your math skills for me. Yeah, you know I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> so I want to talk about the differences, the run differences, and I'm just pure production between the American League and the National League. Okay, and here's why, sir. So the total runs scored in the National League wildcard game, guess how many? Um, I well, Oh, it was one. Four. Four. Four okay, yeah, runs yeah. total scored. Guess how many were scored in the American League wildcard game? Considerably more. It's eight. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's double. double. Okay. Now, division series, one and two. Seven and five in the American League. Seven runs and five runs. Okay. In the division series on the National League side, we've got three runs and four runs. That's in game one of the division series all the way around. Okay. So if you if you take that math all the way down, okay, and I did this before Boston had scored this many runs and the and uh, what's their name the Rays came back 
Mm-hmm. I did not expect the Rays to come back. So let well, me they do. They looked a little... like they had rolled over there at the beginning, to be honest. Well, dude, like in the freaking fourth inning, we thought they had lost the whole thing. Yeah. Because it was five runs to nothing in the fourth inning, and they come back and score five more runs. I'm like, what is happening? Well, I and that's we one had of the things. That, I don't know. Anyway, so go ahead. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So at the time that I did this math, the Red Sox were up five to nothing against Tampa Bay, and in all of the division series so far in the American League, the division series one was. 33 runs scored. That's Boston and Tampa Bay. Okay. The Houston-Chicago series, 43 runs so far generated. Now, if you rock over to the National League, again, before tonight's Giants-Dodgers game started, 13 runs in the first uh, division series. That's Atlanta-Milwaukee, 13. And LA-San Francisco, 15 runs total. San Francisco just scored in the top of the fifth inning. That puts them at 16 runs this postseason. Huh. Between both teams. So, now now let me run that back one more time, okay? In the American League, so far, we have 76 runs scored this postseason on the American League side. Right. On the National League side, it's 28 29 if you count the one just in San Francisco or in L.A. What hmm. in the cheese is happening? Okay, so how about this? I have I have something for you. Coming yeah. into this season with the Dodgers, the Padres, um, and I, I mean, we could go to the Brewers for this too. What are those teams known for? Small ball. Not only that, but pitching. Yeah. Right, I mean, we yeah. were we all the talk this season right. coming in was the arms race in L.A. and in San Diego, and the Giants have relied heavily on the arms all season long. Yep, Milwaukee, um, Craig Council is known for making smart moves in his bullpen. Great using pitching his decisions. Great yep. pitching decisions, decisions exactly, um, and and the Braves have a strong pitching staff too. Oh, totally right. Yeah. Now, go over to the American League. What's Boston known for? Hitting the ball. They kind of crush, right? The Rays. Like, they have their pitching staff, but that's an offense. Yeah. Like, that team is offensively sound. Um, yep. And, I mean, Houston, obviously. Hello. Hello. You know. And then yeah. the Chicago White Sox, you go down that list. You've got you got Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, um, uh, Jose Abreu. They're going to mash, too. I think that we're seeing exactly what we should have expected coming into the postseason as far as runs scored. Now, what happens, Brig, when you have... I know you're going to say. I know it. Go ahead. The pitching pitching that we see in the National League meet up with these offensive juggernauts from the American League. That's right. What's going to happen? That's right. Well, and when there's no designated hitter rule... In the National League, that takes away a bat in the order, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Effectively, uh, unless you have Jake Arrieta up there or John Lester is feeling good or whatever. Like those right. are both National League guys that can hit the ball somehow. But yeah, um, but the point is, and I, this is what I wanted to bring it up because when the when the World Series, the World Series, when that happens, <laughs> it's it's so exciting because now you're locked in a literal yin yang battle. It's like yeah. what's going to happen, and it's and it's magical. And I think that the designated hitter, based on where they're playing, is the variable that gets thrown in there and just mucks it all up. And it's so great. <laughs> yeah, well, I love it. You know, they they say though. This is the thing though is that they it's been said for I mean probably a hundred years plus that pitching and defense wins championships, right? Yeah, we're gonna find out this year if that's the case. Right. Exactly. Absolutely, we're gonna find out. Because this, if the offense is is on display in the American League during that fall classic, you you can say the fall classic normally during the fall classic, then we're, it's not going to matter. Yeah, if the pitching is going to have to shut it down, and it's going to yeah. be great. I just love it. I'm yeah. thinking seriously, looking at this, that those numbers are huge. Twenty eight to seventy six. 
That's or more? that's a big deal. I and you know what? I had noticed that there was some pretty big scoring, you know, in the American League, but I hadn't realized it was that much more. That's huge. That's insane. That's it's huge. Um, Twenty runs in one game. Yeah. Eighteen yeah. in another, etc. Yeah. So, so there is one more thing I think that we need to talk about here, though. Uh, was it was another weird play? Actually, there's a couple of weird plays we need to talk about. Um, yeah. So, so first, let's go to Boston. We talked about the Boston series real quick because that that series is over. But I'm curious how much this play had an imp, had an uh, how much of an influence it had on the way this series ended. So you had Kevin Kiermaier hit a ball out to right field. It caroms off the wall. And I don't know who was playing right field. Was it Hunter Renfro playing right field at the time? I think so. Probably. I think it was. And so it hit off him, or hit off the wall, bounced, hit off Renfro, and then went over the over the wall into the bullpen. In the bullpen, yeah. Now, to me, that says, because, because of the deflection, to me that says ground rule double off the, like, immediately. It's like, that yep. makes sense, you know? Um, but so the, what happened with the play though, was Kiermaier was given an, a ground rule double. There happened to be a runner on first and he ends up on third base instead of scoring. Right. And Kiermaier he was, was like almost the third base by the time they, they called the ground rule double. Yep. And so here, here's the thing. It makes sense to me. Is it a bummer? Yes, it is. Yep. But how many times on a ground rule double could a guy have ended up on third? Because the ball kicks around the corner and either gets stuck under the tarp or it goes bounces around in a corner and then bounces over the wall. And you know what? In Boston, they have those walls that are so short. I mean, those are what, like two, like three feet, four feet maybe? Three. I think they're three. Yeah. yeah they come up with those feet, guys like, like upper thigh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often out there, to be honest. Um, but a lot of people were really crying out for the Rays because it was, I don't know supposedly bad call i mean what do you think about it brig I mean, to me uh, same it's, as you it's baseball right yeah same as you and i thought that the, it made a lot of sense i'm glad that they treated it appropriately they took a look at it and they had to make sure and all that and it was great but mm-hmm. at the end of the day it was the right call the ground rule double and there's no way to there's really no way to argue it now it, is it a bummer yeah did it kind of deflate tampa bay a little bit yeah i think it did mm-hmm. i think that mama mo got out uh, and, and shifted sides. She walked over to the other dugout a little bit. Mo, Mama Mo is is the momentum. Momentum, the yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, thanks. So <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, that's what that's what I think happened. I think she hiked up her skirts and hustled over to the other dugout. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, and you know, and I do wonder if it had if it played some role in this series. Feeling feeling like it really ended ended so abruptly, right? And that I think you're right because it had that. Had that bounced off of him, gone back up, and had the time to carry him back down, I'll bet you he scores. Yes, and Kiermaier standing on third. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and and then Zunino's approach. I mean, Zunino's a guy who strikes out a lot anyway, so he's probably going to strike out anyway. But For sure. Most guys, their plate approach is going to be different with two outs and a runner on third and a one-run yep. ball game. Yep. So, I don't know, man. Like, it could have been the beginning of the end for the Rays or just a weird thing, and they were, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was crazy to see it happen and everybody get upset about it. But there was something else crazy that happened in the Houston and Chicago series. And this one actually is even crazier to me than the ground rule double. <laughs> okay, so you've got Yasmani Grandal for the White Sox. He hit a ball to first base. There was, I believe the bases were loaded. Either way. I honestly like I don't have TBS, so I don't. I only get to watch about half these games. Break. It's really a bummer, but it's a bummer. Runner coming home, first baseman. Uh, it was Michael Brantley, I believe, was playing first. I think like. so. So he he goes to throw home, and Grandal's running in fair territory, and the ball kind of hits his arm, and uh, it, it deflected a little bit, just enough that mm-hmm. it was out of Maldonado's reach. Run scores. Yeah. And the Astros were obviously looking for obstruction because Grandal was running in fair territory. Now, right, this is where it gets sticky. First off, <laughs> first oh, it was off, Yuli I mean, Gurriel. It was Yuli Gurriel, not Michael. Oh, Brown. Gurriel. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's Gurriel. Right. That's right. So, so first, let's let's go first impressions on this break real quick. Um, I mean, I think we all thought obstruction, right? 
at first. Yeah, because he's in fair territory. Because everybody knows when you're running down first base, you've got to be in foul territory. That's why they have that lane there. That's why the lane is there. That's also why the lane is only 45 feet. Yep. Because it does not apply to the first 45 feet. Now, as long as Grandal... So we read this rule. We read the rule on this. As long as Grandal established his, his running lane, his baseline, which is, for those of you who might be concerned about a baseline thing a baseline is not a real thing no the baseline That's why we is call a, it a base path exactly a base path is established by the runner so you yes. if your base path like if you round first base and your base path takes you out 200 feet in the right field and then you come back into second base you're not out of the base path you know like that's your path right. to second base and now if you deviate out of that path to to avoid a tag then you're out Right. Right. So Grandal had established his base base path from home to first base in fair territory. Now, if he gets hit with the ball, that's just a bad throw by Guriel. However, yep. this is it is some, somewhat of a judgment call. Yeah, I don't is. think I have the thing up with the rule. Oh, I do. Nice. So let's read the rule real quick, Brig. So this is the rule as far as what Major League Baseball says with runners getting hit by baseball it says the major league baseball rule book covers almost every imaginable situation that can occur in a game including situations in which a batter a batter a batter a batter or runner comes in contact with a batter ball whether the runner is out or allowed to advance to the next base usually depends on the umpire's determination or whether of whether contact with the ball was avoidable now, here we go. When the runner is hit, if the batter ball hits a runner in fair territory, the umpire must determine whether or not contact with the ball was deliberate. Intentional. Yeah, exactly. Yes. If the umpire determines mm-hmm. determines that the runner intentionally made contact with the batter ball or otherwise hindered a fielder from making a play on a batter ball, the runner is called out. Now, that's the thing is the umpire determines. This is completely a judgment call. Now, we it saw is. on the replay We saw on the replay that it looked like Grandall stuck his arm out just a little bit. I don't think so. I'm watching it again right now, and mm. I don't think he did. I I've watched he, it I thought he leaned times. into it. I thought he did a good job leaning into it just enough. Now, just enough that it, it looked like oh. maybe it was a wobble of the body as he ran because yeah, he's a catcher. It, he runs funny, yeah. let's be honest. Most catchers do. <laughs> yeah. So That's true. So, so that could be the umpire being like, you know, it's just part of his running. Like he happened to, to run into the ball. Yeah. But the other problem that the Astros had here is that judgment calls are non-reviewable. Right. So. You know what they should get? Ooh. Oh man. Best idea ever. Ready? Okay. Ready to go. This is going to be, this is going to sound crazy. Robot umpires. Huh? Yeah, it doesn't help in the situation though. Yeah, you don't know. (laughs) You don't know. (laughs) Think of the algorithm that Rob Manfred will come up with or pay somebody to come up with to figure out judgment calls. Oh man, dude, I'm just. (laughs) But you know, I'm on board with those robot umpires, bro. I know. I know. I get you. Hundred percent. Hundred. Keep it on. Hundred. Oh man. But I mean, it seems like they got the call right though. I mean, as much as they can, because, and this is the thing too, with the robot umpires is there's a lot of argument for like, we need the human element. Like this is the human element of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And like this part's going to stay. It's the, it's the uh, subjective strike zone that's going to go. Right. And the well, fact that the and, rules state that the strike zone is from here to here, but it's not yeah. from here to here every game. It's from here to there and wherever you want it to be every game. Right. No, right. I'm just poking at you totally. So. But when the first baseman throws at the base runner, it's not complicated. <laughs> well, it's a bad throw. <laughs> well, and the thing too, though, is like I remember being uh, like coming up as a catcher, and uh, they always told me like on a bunt, if you feel it close to the line, you see the runner is about halfway and in fair territory, just hit him in the back. Yeah, you know, because if he's not in that lane, then he's out. Right. Because the lane exactly. only applies for those forty-five feet. Yep. So, but yeah, I do, and I do specifically remember them saying like. Uh, if he's too close to you, then step out and throw. But yeah. Well, and Guriel did step out and throw. I mean, he was. Well, Grandal was on the grass. 
Like yeah, that's that's he was on like, the grass. That's one of my things with those. Like he was really I know. far. <laughs> he was really far inside fair territory. And anyway, but he was headed into that lane. I don't know. He I was think headed there. Was, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't even to the forty-five feet yet. He was probably no. 25, 30 feet down the line. He was, but he was starting to angle that way. And I think that's where you're seeing the wobble. I don't yeah. know. I think it was a bad throw by the first baseman, and I think most likely. Uh, sorry, bud. Well, because so here's the thing too is that this came up a couple of years ago. Was it 2018 that this happened with the Astros? And I think Justin Verlander's wife even said something about. Like, oh yeah, everybody she did. knows that lane. It's like well, but it doesn't extend the entire length of the base of the base path of the foul line nope. there. I so. think every day if I was playing against Houston, I would run on the grass. Probably ought to. I mean, seriously, just to piss so, them off. Here's, here's a good one. Here's a good one. So I remember, Sorry, just to make them angry. Was it two or three years ago? Wilson Contreras made a brilliant play. So he hit. So there's a runner on second. He hit a ball into the shallow, in shallow outfield. I want to say it was like somewhere like shallow center field. And instead of dropping the bat like in the right-handed or the left-handed batter's box, you know where normal where somebody would normally do it on their way out, he yeah. dropped it in front of the plate. Yeah. And the catcher didn't move it. Right. Ball comes home, hits the bat, and it's in play. I was that's like, right. that's brilliant. Leave it on the catcher I to totally move that agree. bat. Awesome. Well, what we're fixing to game. have, baseball family, what we're fixing to have is a terribly interesting championship series on both sides. But the best part is going to be that fall classic because the way things are are shaping up, it is going to be either a bloodbath or a stalemate, and I do not know what it's going to be. And I'm fine either way. Me too. So excited. I love the playoffs. It's so fun. It's so fun. And so fun. like this, the weird stuff like this comes up every year too. It's so funny to watch it. <laughs> Everybody gets all so. up in arms about stuff. <laughs> Major League Baseball needs to change the rules. <laughs> well, they did, but you didn't like it. So, Right. No, <laughs> oh, get me started. Baseball family, we're really glad you joined us tonight. Did you notice... That we, I mean, did you remember the CBA is going to be arbitrated at the end of the season? I don't feel like I should throw that in there one more time. Before I tell you that you can jump on the shop at 9plusus.com, N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. That's 9plusus.com. And you can get all of the gear that we are wearing on the show. I'm wearing my baseball things cap in, uh, I think it's cream and black with the black visor. It is. I get compliments on this hat all the time. I love it. Brad's got his perfect hat on. Is that your uh, autism awareness shirt there, Brad? It is, yep. It is my mm. royal blue autism awareness shirt. Yep. I almost wore that tonight. Did you know that? I almost did. Oh, my goodness. We would have been twinners. Yeah. Twinner, twinner. Anyway, baseball family, jump on there. Right now is the time to get your Christmas gifts lined up just due to shipping times and things like that, availability. Go ahead and jump on there. And uh, if you want a discount code, you can... Join our 9 Plus Us VIP group on Facebook. Go to 9 Plus Us as the group or and then t- on the page and then toggle over to the group and you can jump in there. And we drop discount codes and stuff like that all the time. So, in fact, we should probably drop one in the next day or two so that people can get their Christmas stuff taken care of. I agree. I agree with you, Brick, 100%. We'll um, and also, Baseball Family, don't forget to jump on BaseballTogether.com where we have the link to the mailbag. You can also watch the podcast and listen to the podcast get in touch with us there um, send us your questions comments concerns side remarks are also acceptable if you want to send them through the mailbag there um, if you'd like you can leave us a voicemail there's a link in the doobly-doo down in the description there so you can talk to us instead of write to us if that's what you prefer if that's what you like then go ahead but anyways baseball family thanks for catching up with us on the playoffs this week and we will catch you for more playoff baseball next week Thank you.